Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. And now... It is my absolute honor and privilege here at Takeover Church. We've been in a series called Anointed. Somebody say Anointed. Anointed. And I have, we have an incredible associate pastor here at Takeover Church who does so much for this place, who just gives and gives and gives and has been one of the most solid rocks we've ever had. He has been the clo- one of the best friends that I've ever had. And this morning, we have the absolute privilege and honor of hearing Mr. Scott Fletcher, Pastor Scott, with our third installment of Anointed. So would you welcome him to the stage? Come on, buddy. Look at this guy. Oh, man. Shanny keeps you fly. That's from his... Cut from the podcast. Cut from the podcast. She's just blowing up my spot like that. Dang. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, Having yeah. a good Sunday so far? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, as always, uh, anytime that I get to to get up here and, and share a word, uh, I just I want to thank Matt and Adrian for just giving me an opportunity because um, it, it is an honor. There's there's a lot of of weight that comes with sharing the the word uh, with a group of people like this. Um, but first and foremost, it's just an honor to be able to just speak to you guys today. Um, so thank you guys for, for being here as well. Uh, but my, my sermon today is titled Anointed and Called. All right, so we've been in this anointed series. Um, so today it's Anointed and Called. If you're taking notes, which you should be, take notes. Um, but we're just going to walk through a little bit about uh, calling on our lives and, and kind of break that down a little bit. Um, but first, I'm going to start with a little bit of scripture here, okay? So we're coming out of Jonah, all right? So we're going to start Jonah 1, 1 through 3, and then we'll, we'll get further into that later. Uh, but it starts out, and it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to, to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. All right, uh, before, before we go any further, I just want to pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll get yeah. into it, all right? Uh, Lord, thank you so much uh, again for another Sunday where we can be found in your house uh, together worshiping your name. Um, Just thank you for that. Thank you for this word uh, that you have prepared today. I pray that it would just bless all of us in this place and uh, that you would just use it to to really have us uh, challenge ourselves and dig deep into what you have for us, Lord. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Okay, so that that scripture in Jonah, uh, as I was prepping and reading through it, um, there's a a few things in my own life that kind of came to mind. Uh, first off, there's a, there's a story that my mom has told me a few times, but, uh, it happened when I was like two years old and we were out camping. It was just me and my mom and my dad at the time. Um, I was living the the good life of being an only child up to that point. Um, but my mom was mega pregnant with, uh, 
two of my brothers. She was having twins. So that was about to come to an end and my life was about to be ruined. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, up until that point, I guess I had been pretty used to getting what I wanted because in this particular instance, um, she said that I just uh, was in that terrible two stage and just totally disagreed with what she wanted me to do. So uh, I was two and just wanted to do my own thing. So I grabbed my little tyke's uh, little golf bag with the wheels on it and uh, had my three clubs in there and I was running away. Like I was taking off. And uh, she said that it was one of the, one of the funniest things. Like she was really upset, but it, looking back, it was one of the funniest things for her that um, I was just taking off down this little campground road and she was like, super pregnant just chasing after me like I'm just like barely out of reach the whole way um but I think that's just a really funny visual of her kind of chasing after me there um but uh another time for later on when I was about eight years old um I had another kind of instance where I decided that I would challenge uh, one of my parents and this time it was my dad and uh yeah, that if, if, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if you know my dad, um, he, yeah, he, he's a, he's a large man. He's like six foot three. Uh, so at eight years old, he was definitely towering over me. Um, but you know, I picked the fight anyways. I was, he wanted me to do some, some chores around the house and I told him what I thought about that. And, uh, and I lost that fight pretty quickly. Um, well, actually, uh, I knew that I messed up when I kind of talked back to him. So I did what any like smart, eight-year-old kid in that situation would do is uh, I ran as fast as I could through the house, out the front door, through the front yard, and up a tree that we had a tree fort in. <laughs> so I climbed up uh, into our tree fort, and yeah, and I, I stayed there for uh, uh, at least a couple hours because I was so afraid. Um, and you know, in the Bible, it talks about having like the fear of God, and like the, the word fear is meant as like having a great respect. Well, I that day I had a great fear of my earthly father, and, uh, and I respected the heck out of him after that because I was so terrified. Um, but uh, then I, the third time that really sticks out to me that uh, I had an experience like this was later on in my, in my 20s. Um, I, I went through some experiences that weren't the greatest. Uh, I had some, some heartbreak. I had some things done to me. I did some things to myself. Um, that really impacted me, and uh, I decided that I was going to run away again, but this time it was um, not from any earthly father. It was from Heavenly Father. It was from Jesus, and I decided that I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him, um, and, I, and I lived like that for a, a little while, and um, it was just a really rough time um, where I was, I remembered, I knew what I had to do, but I was deliberately turning my back and, and walking the other direction. Um, and, and as I read this scripture and the whole story of Jonah, I, uh, I really can't help but notice the similarities between Jonah and, and my own life. Um, yeah. And I think that's a huge part of this scripture. But, uh, but I, I titled this sermon Anointed and Called um, because I, I felt like I couldn't be the only one. Like, I couldn't be the only one that had a, a calling on my life, and I knew I had a calling on my life, but I, at some point I chose to run away. And, oh, maybe you're still running away. That, that's, a, that's a big thing. Um, but as I was reading through this, I knew that, that I couldn't be the only one. And, uh, and you know, the, the story of, of Jonah 
is is kind of the the proof of that 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 I can't be the only one that has those days where I have an opportunity that's placed in front of me and I and I look at it and I I kind of say, you know, I, Scott doesn't really want to do that right now. Yeah. You know, God's calling me this direction, but you know that that's going to add a lot of a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, you know, this this way seems like it'll be a little bit smoother, a little bit easier. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk this way. I'm gonna go away from what he's calling me to do. Like reading this story, it's just become very evident to me that that that's the proof that I'm not the only one because it's it, it says right here in in the Bible that that's what he did, and I think that the things that are in the Bible like that, everything that's in there is there for a reason. Yeah. You know, the, the things that are placed in the Bible are there to kind of speak to our situations that we're in and to give us wisdom during those situations. Yeah. So today, as we, as we kind of walk through the story of Jonah, um, we're going to try to pull out some of that wisdom and, and really try to challenge ourselves uh, just to, to look at the areas in our life where the Lord is calling us um, and, and to to really see if we're actually stepping into that calling the, the correct way. Um, because believe it or not, every single one of you, every single one of us in this life, we have a calling on our lives, a specific thing that is only for us. And that's the calling that's been placed on our lives, right? Um, and, and along with that, you directly, you have a specific sphere of influence. It's kind of the the verbiage that I'm going to use today because I think it's cool. Um, but yeah, it's that sphere is yours. It's nobody else's. You have a, a place where you have been called to, to work. You have a place where you've been called to go to school. You have a place where you've been called to serve. You, know, you have your own family. You have your own friends. You have all these people that you interact with. My sphere is much different than Zach's sphere, which is much different than Adrienne's or Jasmine's. Everybody has these and they, they might overlap, but yours is is distinctly different than anybody else's. And within that sphere, the the question that I really want to ask is, what is the Lord calling you to do within your sphere of influence? Um, because I think there's a lot of different answers to that question. I think that there are different callings that people have on their lives and, and different areas that are specific. But the, the main thing that I want to kind of cover today is that each and every one of us has a calling that is first and foremost on our lives, which is within that sphere, you have to be the, the witness of Jesus to those other people yeah. in that sphere. That's what you've been called to do as a follower of Jesus. That's the, the calling first and foremost. Um, and those, those spheres are, are always changing as well. So... When, when you change jobs or you change a, a, a school or you move and you find some new friends or you meet somebody new, you check out a new coffee shop, all these different activities that take place pretty much daily, we are adding people into that sphere that's becoming a little bit larger. And every time that you add somebody, that's another opportunity to be that witness of, of, of the goodness of Jesus to those people. Yeah, true. Um, that's the, that's the, the first and foremost, the, the main call that is on our lives. And you can see it, Jonah's sphere. I'm not sure like how big it was before this story. I mean, he was a prophet, so I'm sure it was a pretty decent-sized sphere of influence. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how big it was, but I do know that by the time we get to verse 2, his sphere grows significantly. Okay, So in verse 2, he is being asked to go to Nineveh 
and deliver a word for God to preach a word. Um, and I don't know uh, biblically if how many of you know like what Nineveh exactly was, but at the time it was a, a metropolis. It's huge. All right, so there's 120,000 people in this city, which back then is like like there's like 190,000 in Grand Rapids right now, 200,000 something like that. So like think about the infrastructure that it takes to support this city. Back then, there was 120,000 people in this city, which is just insane. Like, that's one of the, it's just massive. Right. Um, but in this city, they, these people, they weren't known as, like, the most friendly people either. You know, if we look in verse 2 again, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Yeah. Okay? So they are a huge evil city. And this huge evil city has just been added to Jonah's sphere of influence like that. Like the Lord just had, places the calling on his life. These people are now in your sphere of influence, so you're going to go deliver a message to them. Right. All right? So that, that happens like immediately. And personally, I think that Jonah kind of gets a, a bad rap sometimes because, I mean, yeah, he didn't listen to what God called him to do. He ran away. He did whatever he could to get away from Nineveh. and. Yeah. A lot of crazy stuff ensued that, but I think that he he gets a bad rap because I, there's a lot of people that he, he just gets dragged by a ton of people who, if they were faced with that same situation, would be running just as fast the other way. If I was faced with a, a new, uh, just a calling of, hey, there's 120,000 people that you have to just, you got to go deliver a message from me to them right now you got to go do it like that that's a hard thing to to grasp and to take accept that challenge like how many of us when we have one person that we're called to minister to have a mini panic attack and kind of freak out it's like whoa i i don't know if i can do that that's that's uh you know that that's pretty big time you know i, I think that that's something that gets overlooked a lot um because there's still times in, in my life when, when I feel that way, when I feel like I'm, I'm being led to pray over somebody or speak a, a, a word into somebody's life. And, you know, I, this, is, this is my coworker. Like, I, what, if, what if they don't receive this word very well and yeah. then they don't like working around me and they're going to they're gonna treat me different? You know, what if this is, this is somebody at my, my school or, or one of my friends that, you know, they... I, I might ask to pray over them and they think that's totally weird. So then I become the butt of the joke and I'm like the weird dude that is asking to pray over people. You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that's a real thing. You know, we all have a little bit of that Jonah inside of us. Like that's, that's real. Right. Um, but the, the key here is, is to, to see that, to know that that's in there and to really be digging into uh, to God's word, to, to prepare ourselves to respond correctly in those situations instead of simply responding out of fear. That's the last thing we want in those situations is when, when you feel the calling on your life that, hey, I think that I need to, to pray over Adrienne right now. Oh, but that's scary. That's really scary to me. Like, I don't think I should do that. Like, that, if I am preparing myself ahead of time to respond out of faith yeah. and, and, and respond correctly, then I'm, then I'm not responding out of that place of fear. Yeah, that's good. So that's just something that I want us to ponder is to be really listening to what he's calling you to in everyday situations. Um, because that, that's, that's something that I want you to really think about too, is what is he calling you to do? Like inside your everyday life, what is he calling you to do? 
And when he calls you to do something, if you hear what, is, what he's asking you to do, are you responding to that and, and, and taking that head on? Yeah. Um, because regardless of, of like what job you have or, or where you're at in life, um, that's, that's the main calling, is yeah. to speak the name of Jesus over all those people that are in our sphere of influence. Um, and sometimes God is going to expand your sphere like he did with Jonah. Uh, probably not that drastically, but, but your, your sphere will be expanded. Um, but the reason that he does that is because he wants to expand that to push you to a place uh, of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And he does that to further his kingdom. He's not just pushing you to be uncomfortable for the sake of you being uncomfortable. He's pushing you to advance the kingdom of God. And in the process, we'll end up growing as well through that just because we're being stretched. Yeah. We're being put into uncomfortable positions. Um, and you know, the, the crazy thing about a, a calling from the Lord is that once that calling is placed on your life, it's not going to be taken away. No matter what you've done, and no matter how many times I choose to turn and run away from my calling and turn my back on God, you know what? That calling is still there. It, it comes down to the, who our God is. You know, he's not, he, not going to see you in a situation where you have a chance to offer somebody prayer or speak into somebody's life. And you, you kind of blow the opportunity and, and walk away from that. And, you know, he's not looking at you like, you know, I really thought this was the guy for the job, but you know, I guess not. I guess I need to find somebody else. This, he, this guy is useless. He's going to go over here, do his own thing. I'm, I'm just done. I'm going to find somebody else. Our God doesn't work that way. Right. Um, just because you choose to, to sometimes be disobedient or, or walk the other way, th that calling on your life is not forfeited. Okay, the calling on Jonah's life wasn't forfeited simply because he, he took off and decided that he wasn't going to listen to what the Lord was asking him to do. Um, he doesn't, God doesn't strip you of, of your calling just like that. What he's going to do is he's going to actively pursue you to kind of nudge you back in the right direction. And I say nudge um, with a little bit of sarcasm because... Uh, a lot of times when God gives you a nudge, it is, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not, it's not a nudge, okay? It's, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty drastic sometimes, all right? Um, and that's, that's where the story of, of Jonah continues. Um, so he, he gets on this boat because he's running away from his calling, right? Only to find out that they get out to sea and there is a crazy storm that comes up and just is smashing this boat and, it's so bad that all the other dudes on this boat are like, I've seen a lot of storms. This storm is wild. I don't know what's happening. This has to be from the gods. Like they are mad at us. Like somebody on this boat did something. We got to figure out what's going on. So they cast lots to figure out whose fault it is. And, and back then that was casting lots was think about just like rolling dice to like, decide God's will. Like that's what that's what casting lots is basically. So they roll these dice things and it comes up snake eyes like, yo, this Jonah dude, it's his fault. Like I don't know what the heck he did, but somebody's <laughs> mad at him for something. So they just like they figure it out. Okay, it's this guy. So they go talk to him. And they're like, uh, hey dude, who are you? 
Who do you worship? Why are we all about to drown? Like, we know this is your fault because we roll our, roll our little dice thingies and they said it was you. So, what, like, what did you do? Why, why are you making us all about to die, basically? Um, but they, 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 they figure out it's him. And he says, uh, I want to quote this correctly because, yeah, he responds in verse 9 by saying, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the seas and the dry land. And the other dudes are just terrified. Like, they're like, okay, this is nuts. Like, this guy is a Hebrew. We know that his God has, like, done some crazy things before in the past. Well, all right, what do we do, man? Like, what do we do with you? Like, this, we're all going to die. And then Jonah responds again and he just says, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Like, that is his response in that situation is just chuck me overboard it's all good. Um, so I would say that the Lord is taking some pretty drastic measures to get Jonah's attention here uh, and to, to kind of get him back on track. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I got out of this part of the story is that even when you choose to run from your calling, God is going to use you where you are. You know, like I said before, just because Jonah ran from his calling didn't mean that it was forfeited. So in this situation, he... he He's running from Nineveh, from going to Nineveh, which led him to get on the boat, which led to the storm, right? So during the storm, you know, all, it says all of these men were crying out to their own gods before they were casting the lost to figure out who it was. And only after their gods couldn't help them, that's when they went to the other method to figure out whose fault it was. Right. Um, but then we look in verse 15, and it says, So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Wow. So through this insane moment where Jonah is disobeying the Lord and running from him, what, like, what happens in this moment after this, this all takes place? Like God still <laughs> uses this moment for his glory on this boat. Like he, all these people that that see what happens, they turn and worship God because of this. It's not that his calling is still there. He still is being used even though he's running from the Lord. Um, because in that situation, Jonah could have easily lied to those men and just said, I don't know what you're talking about. I worship somebody else and it's not me. So I'm just going to sit here and this boat is going to be crushed and we're all going to drown and that's it. But he doesn't do that. He, he steps up. He, he accepts that he is running from God, that this is his fault. This, he knows it's brought on by the Lord to, to turn him back. He steps up to it, and he's, he's honest. He owns it. And through that, people come to worship the Lord yeah. in this crazy, insane way. Um, it's, it's just it's incredible to me that that's what ends up happening there. And if we approach the Lord in that same way, we too can be effective even if if how we got here isn't the way that the Lord had wanted us to go in the first place. Like I 100% believe that. Um, I believe that no matter how you got here to this exact moment, you can still be used moving forward. That, that doesn't negate what happens moving forward the way that you got here. Um, in that same breath, I, I can't fail to mention that there are still consequences to actions when stuff like that happens, when you choose to disobey and run away, 
there are always still consequences. I mean, the, the Lord will still be able to use you, but there's still consequences from that action. And we, we can see that if we keep following um, the story, like what happens next is what Jonah is most famous for. Right. You know, he, he gets thrown overboard and uh, he doesn't drown in the sea. Instead, the Lord sends a huge giant fish to just swallow him, swallows him up, and that, that's where Jonah's at at this point. Um, so, I mean, talk about a negative consequence to an action. That, that would suck. Like, he's in this fish, says, for three days. Like, it probably seemed like a heck of a lot longer than three days because that just sounds awful. You're just sitting in this fish, and, and there's nothing you can do. So what Jonah does is he, he decides that he's going to use this time to his advantage. Um, but before, before I get there, though, I, I think that this is a, a good time to, to kind of point out that that fish isn't from Satan. That fish is from God. It says God sent that fish. A lot of times in life, there are negative consequences to things that we've done or stuff happens to, our, to us in everyday life. And our first response is pretty easily like, ah, oh, Satan's coming after me today. Like he's sending his demons after me. Right. We give him way too much credit sometimes. Yeah. You know, some, that, it says that, that that fish was sent by God. That yeah. fish was sent to protect Jonah from drowning. Yeah. It wasn't sent by Satan. Come on. He, it, it may look like a really crappy situation, but sometimes the consequences of our actions are actually God's protection over us, protecting us in that season as we're moving forward. So God protects Jonah by having him swallowed up in this fish. And like I said, Jonah finally, finally comes around during this time inside, and he's, he's got three days to do nothing but pray. So he prays to the Lord. He, he realigns himself with God and, and the calling that God has placed on his life. So by the time that... Uh, God makes this fish come back to shore and vomit him up. Again, negative consequences for your actions. That would suck as well. But he gets vomited back up on shore. By the time he does that, he's, he's realigned himself with, with the calling that God has placed on his life. So God, again, the word of God comes to him, tells him, you're going to go to Nineveh. You're going to deliver this word like I told you the first time. That's what's going to happen. And this time, Jonah actually listens. He gets up and he goes to Nineveh. And Nineveh, like I said, it's a pretty, pretty big city. So it says in, in the scripture that it took three days to travel from one side to the other. Okay, they didn't have Uber back then to help Jonah out get anywhere he needed to go. So he just, instead of taking a little short ride, he, he just walks. He starts walking, and he walks for a whole day. So basically, he walks right to the center of this city, walks right into the middle, and he just delivers his message that that he has for the the Ninevites he he says 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown that's all he says 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown now if that's not the biggest like laying it down on the table proclamation that I've ever heard I mean I don't know what is because like he walks into this evil city and just lays it out there 40 days y'all are toast this place is going to be overthrown that's it. And, and I mean, that takes some, some, some guts to walk in there and do something like that. But the, the craziest thing happens because the Ninevites actually, they, they receive it and they listen and they understand what is going to happen. They know like, okay, this guy, 
is a prophet, so this must be a true thing that's about to happen. So they get scared, and they start, they start to, to decide that uh, they're going to put a fast for everybody. So everybody starts to fast. Uh, they all wear, like, sackcloth, like rags. Um, and and it's, it's every, everybody's involved. So even the king up at the top, he issues a proclamation of, listen, no person, no animal, nothing is going to eat or drink or wear anything but this, this, these rags for, until this is figured out. Like, this is what everybody is going to do. So everybody is on the same page. And the king even says, let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that, in, that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce so that we may not perish. Yeah. See, Jonah didn't even, when he, when he made the proclamation there, he didn't even say anything about God. But that's how powerful a message from God can be when it's actually delivered is they, they knew. They knew who it was from. They knew what was going to happen if they didn't change their ways and turn around and do something different. Yeah. It caused immediate repentance from these people yeah. that were notorious for living in their evil ways. Yeah, that's so once this, this takes place, all right, God is, is watching this. He sees that the, the people of Nineveh have, have actually repented. They've actually started fasting. They've turned from what they had been doing. They've stopped their evil ways because they're they're fearing the Lord. So God is is like, okay, cool. Like I'm not gonna destroy this city then. Like obviously these people understand what's going on. Right. I'm not gonna bring punishment down on them. Um, so it's awesome. Everybody's happy. Woohoo, Nineveh is saved, all right? So ev everything is cool. Except there's one dude who isn't happy about it. And if you probably could guess, it's Jonah. Okay? <laughs> Coming full circle here, back to back to Jonah and how he's how he's feeling. He's caught in his feelings here, okay? <clears throat> but he's not just not happy, like he is angry. He's yeah. furious with the Lord because yeah. he wanted to see these people get their punishment and be destroyed. That's what he wanted to see. And he even says, he, he's speaking to the Lord, and and he says, That is why I ran from this calling. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. That's why he ran. Because he knew that they wouldn't get their punishment. And I look at that and I'm, I'm reading, yes, yes. But also I'm reading that and I'm like, how much am I like Jonah? Like, if I'm being straight up honest with myself and everybody else in this room, how much am I like Jonah? Because I, I can sit in this place of, you know, the, be, being righteous and knowing who my God is and knowing that he is, he is gracious and he is merciful and, and he will always bring me back when I choose to walk away, when I mess up, when I do something really stupid and I disgrace myself, I disgrace his name. He, yeah. will, he will pull me back in. But then I look at somebody that I view as an enemy of God and somebody that I think is doing the wrong thing, living the wrong way, and I'm just like, God, what? just punish punish them. Can you do, just do something, please? Like, come down on them. Get, I want justice for that. When I'm the same as them, that's, there's no difference there. So that's, I mean, my, if, if I'm being honest, like I said, that's, that's Jonah and I are, are kind of been the same boat this whole 
pardon not to make a pun or anything, but been in the same boat this whole time. Right. <clears throat> you see, if, if we really look at it, the, this story of Jonah is less about Jonah and it's more about us. Yeah. It's more about us. The way that this is written, it's, it's written to us. It's written with all these themes inside of following what God is calling you to do or the goodness of God when you've strayed and need to come back. Yeah. And also the forgiveness of our enemies. That that's, is a major, major theme in here. See, because you can follow the, the calling on your life to a T, and you know what? God's plans will always exceed what we think. Right. No matter if we, you can follow that plan that he's called you to, to a T, and the result will still be different than you thought because it's going to be greater than what you could have imagined. Yeah, that's good. Come on. And, and that's something through this, this story as I've been reading is the question that I'm, I'm asking a lot is, Am I okay with God forgiving my enemies? Like, ask yourself, like, are you okay with God loving your enemies? Like, that is a very tough pill to swallow. Because clearly here, like, in this story, what Jonah doesn't understand, what he can't see in all his anger, is that the city of Nineveh has been overthrown. Yeah. It's just not the way that he thought it would happen or he wanted it to happen. It's been overthrown for the Lord. Yeah, the on. Lord came in come and on. flipped that city upside down by the way that they were acting and the way that they were living their lives yeah. and totally redeemed all those 120,000 people that instead of perishing, they're now turning their sights to the Lord. Yeah. It's been overthrown, just not the way that Jonah wanted or thought it would happen. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's who our God is. He's a God of, of mercy and grace and, and redemption for everybody. Yeah, good. So, uh, worship team, you guys can you can kind of make your way back up. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, but uh, I'm not going to be naive to assume that everybody that's listening is is in the same place or even has a relationship with Jesus. Is at that point? I'm not going to assume that. Um, but. Maybe if, if you're sitting here and you're, you, you can kind of relate to maybe that the little eight-year-old Scott that I talked about that knows who his dad is. You know your heavenly father. You know what he's asking you to do. But you just have decided to, to disobey and go the other way. You know, if, if that's you, then I, the, the good news in that is the end to that story for me in real life was after about two and a half hours of being in that tree, I came down and I went right to my dad and, and I said, you know what? I know that I was wrong. I know that I messed up. Go ahead. You, I, I deserve to be spanked right now. Do it. I was like, bring it on, old man. Give me your worst. Like, that's, <laughs> I deserve it right in this moment because I know that I messed up. But he responded to me with, with mercy and grace. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't give me a spanking. He brought me back in. And the, the great news in that is that's, that's my earthly father. So how much better is our heavenly father when it comes to those situations of calling us back in? It, it's incredible. He's so much better than we can ever imagine. And, you know, you might be in this place and you maybe don't relate with that, but you... You, you might be still living like some of the people in Nineveh or like the early 20-year-old Scott that I mentioned where you're just, you're doing your own thing. You really don't have a care in the world. 
it is what it is. You're just moving along, kind of disregarding everything that he has for you. The good news there is that God is a God that is for all people. He redeems all people. It doesn't matter where you're from or where you've been to or what you've done. There is redemption on the other side if we choose to step into that and walk towards him instead of continuing to walk away. Now, we're going to go back into a moment of worship and we're going to have Zach and potentially some other people in the back, but he's going to have some anointing oil. And this whole series of, of anointing has been, it's been a huge theme for our church as a family. And if you're in this place right now and you, and you feel that you have a calling that you either have been missing or haven't been paying attention to or you've been running from that you really want to step into, or, I mean, maybe you just, you just need some anointing for a new season. Now is the time, as we go back into worshiping our Lord, go back there, talk to Zach, get that fresh anointing for this next season in your life, for the calling that God has placed on your life, and really step into that as we, as we sing this song here. Thanks, guys. Thank you.